Hey, yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So that means it's UK Cowboys time. How are we doing, everybody? That includes my very, oh, I say my, it's our very special guest, but also my, uh, it is official. You are Heckma, my favorite Dallas Cowboys media um, personality. Um, you are officially, you have taken my number one spot, sir. Mike, tell me something I didn't know. I know that. I know that already. It's this guy up modest, here. Modest to boot. Let me say this. Lauren, you're looking better than ever, buddy. Uh, that's all I'm saying. That's 007, boy. Stunt double job is ready for you, boy. You are, <laughs> you are looking good. Jamie, as always, it's good to see you. As always, let me just, just point that out to you. It's always good to see you. But, Paulie, I got – Yes. I got – I got man, I got issues with you, man. <laughs> yes. Ooh. I got an issue. I got an issue with you. Let me tell you guys about Paul, okay? Yeah. Let me tell you about you. <laughs> let me tell you about your guy, Paul. Now, I was looking forward to seeing Paul when he got to Dallas. Mm. You know, I had all my presents and my gifts ready to – to see my man from across the pond. And you know what happens when he gets to Dallas? He, he blanks you. Ghost. He ghosts uh -huh. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't no. know it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Then, then let me see. Let me tell you this. So he's all on social media. He's posting. He's around. And then I see, you know, you know who he dissed me? He ditched me for? Dave Howell. Kelsey Charles ditched yeah. me. Hey, but you know what? Hey, Paul, Paul, I would have ditched me too. <laughs> I would, hey, hey! I would ditch me too to hang out with Kelsey. So I'm not. Hey, I'm not even mad at, at you, man. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. What's up, Paul? And you see, see the, see the. Honestly, hey, but you give me the pure fear and everything now. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, dog. I'm just I, I, with you, I, I put it this way: see, see the opposite, Yarakma. Uh, you, he does that to you, and I'm already organizing to come to a mean green game when you're commentating, just to be in the stand and waving. Hey, you. man, you gotta, you gotta come, man. Me and Kyle Yeomans, if you haven't heard me and Kyle on the yeah. mic, I'm, hey, the the, the, we are, we are, we're going this way. You know what the I mean? Truth. This, the this truth is, is in the, the booth. The truth is in the booth. The career is going this way in broadcasting. Yeah. So, no, it's yeah. nothing but fun, man. God has been blessing me. Guys, let me tell y'all, I am so happy to be on with y'all. And I tell you, anytime y'all need me, I know this. I had some scheduling conflicts one time, yeah, but yeah, anytime y'all yeah. need me, you know I'm going to show love. So, it's, this is my pleasure. Let's get it on. What you want to know, what we got going on the, on the docket on the Cowboys. We got all our Cowboy uh, stuff on. So, come on. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah Mike, that's you, right. You know what we need to do, though, Mike, is when we get there, we need to like make yeah. some big signs and just look at the booth all night and hold them up with a sign saying, Heck, can we love you? We'll have to get Heck to send a photo of his head. Wait a minute, Mike. <laughs> Mike, you're not going to even be able to get in the building if it's my head. There's no way you can get in there. Yeah, and you've got you've got the you've got the Ed Two Tall Jones gene in you. <laughs> no, no. This thing just is the, 
It's the Gibraltar. I'm telling you, this thing is <laughs> just, 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 to, just to follow what Jamie was saying there. It's like rather than create a sign, why don't we put the sign on our chest? Like spell it, it spell out your name, yep. like <laughs> all paint and stuff like that. Oh, man. <laughs> my, my body is that wide, I could fit two letters. On this. <laughs> well, I, I've, st I've still got the paint. I've still got the paint from the Claymore's days. So yeah. Oh, God, how, how, God, how much out of date is that? No, oh, it's all right. Me and Jamie today, earlier on this morning, uh, we were talking about British ice hockey. Just ra a random conversation we had there. Really? Uh, yeah. 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 Ice hockey. Ice hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, just to let Hepburn know, uh, Saturday night I was at the British ice hockey. Uh, oh, yeah, you went to a game, didn't you? Yeah, I went to then after it, I got so intoxicated, I missed going to one of the biggest soccer rivalries the following day because i was that drunk still and i passed out <laughs> so i know i know we missed our golden and, opportunity and of course he picked up all these followers from mentioning it on his put it on his other podcast <laughs> to follow him on his Gregory, and i didn't even go to the game and you didn't like, even go yeah oh do you know what the trouble is now is uh, because of the um the sort of inception that you've built now people are going to call you a liar <laughs> mr ghost <laughs> but yes here we go got some news that has come in um <laughs> yes, yes we do yes, yes. We do. so the schedule is going to be released i don't know if you've seen the news hackman 12th of may but yep. and to follow in with another question we've got to ask you hackman is uh may the 4th so may the fourth be with you. Yes. Is when we find out which teams are coming to the UK this year to play, and the Cowboys are teetering on the edge. So, question I have for you is: Do you have a passport? Uh, yeah, yeah, Good. yes, sir, <laughs> yes, sir, <laughs> ready to go. So, uh, here's a question for you: Do you think what, what what's your chances? Ah, oh, your year is fifty fifty. Uh uh, yeah. Man, you, you know what? They are really tight-lipped about all of that because of all the sponsorship that goes into sales and all that in the offseason, man. So we don't get the lowdown on things like that with scheduling. Obviously, it's been a minute since we've been over to Europe. Mm -hmm. So I would yeah. think uh, that that we're due. Uh, and, and everybody, I'm going to tell you this, everybody in the building obviously wants to go to Europe. Everybody wants to make that trip. Uh, so... You know, it's just one of those things, I think, with, with the 17th game, it really makes it easier now more than exactly. it did with the 16th, you know, uh -huh. with the 16th game season. We, we're trying to split up eight away and eight home. Now you have the extra game. So, man, I, I really hope it, it turns out that way. I know initially uh, it was everyone was hopeful, but something happened where it just seemed like it just the percentages got way slim at the last minute. So there's still hope. Yeah. You still you're still anticipating May 4th. Yeah, like so, just to kind of break it down, like so, I kind of me and Lauren have covered on this quite a lot based on the NFL UK international series agreement and stuff like that. Because it currently the home teams, the designated home teams, with the exception of Jacksonville, are NFC teams. So you've got Arizona, Tampa, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're the home teams, and they're going to be playing AFC teams. So with that exception. There's only two NFC teams that are going away to play Jacksonville. Okay. Um, and it's either the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Giants. And that's what we're saying. It's 50-50. Uh -huh. So, and uh, and Jacksonville, obviously, they moved 
from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for this one particular game for this year only to move to Wembley Stadium. And if it's anything like back in 2014, it has to be us, surely. Yeah. And not, not only just that, the whole rotational system is supposed to be every eight years. So uh-huh. Dallas coming back over is now coming out for eight years. Yeah. So it's all tying up together. So if it's not Dallas or New York Giants, I'll be absolutely gobsmacked. So, man, Paul, you got it all figured out. I, I mean, it looks like we're yeah. coming. I mean, this is I hope so. her, I hope so. her Paul's <laughs> math is happening. Yeah, really hope so. Really hope so. The only th- the only thing being the Giants have got two UK players on their roster or UK born players on their roster. Um, yeah. it, it both happen to be special teamers. Um, yeah. Jamie Gillen, Jamie Gillen yeah. and Graham Gano. Um, so you know, never you never know. They've maybe stockpiling because they know that they're coming across. But but it's, uh, uh, the, the I think it's all kind of flickering. They were side door you and. I know you said Paul obviously about the NFC and the only other way that the Cowboys could probably come over in it would be to play the Packers, but I just couldn't see the Packers, even though we no, get there, we have no, to get this year, couldn't see them giving up the Cowboys at Lambo. That would never be the case. Game, yeah. That would definitely not be the case, Chris. Which is a shame that'd be a great matchup. Yeah, because the way how the international agreement is, the specific AFC versus it, NFC. It's always going to be AFC yeah. versus yeah. NFC, and this year. It's all uh, the, that all the teams, but Jacksonville is going to be NFC home teams. The next year's all AFC teams being the home team. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's because I think the biggest worry that we had it was that Dallas were going to be the home team for the Mexico game. That was mm-hmm. the main conversation that was going on. Mm-hmm. But fortunately for us, that's kind of well, us in the UK, yeah. uh, say it, that was given to Arizona. But um, but in terms of like the Giants, though, I do believe they've been here much more recently than us. I think they were here maybe like so much more back in. I think it was sixteen one against the Rams at Twickenham on it. That's it was at Twickenham Stadium. So so I don't think they will be. I don't see them being the team to come over. That's why I keep saying I'm so confident in saying this. It has to be us. But the years, the years, the trouble. Speaking to UK Giants, they're saying the same thing as us. Really? Mm. Is it's the eight-year window for them as well? <laughs> no, well, well, for them, yeah, it's six, they're, they're, an, they're an away team though, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, that sucks. I mean, come yeah. on, man. You have my hopes up there for a second. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think hopefully it, it works. I was going to ask you guys, like. When those games are at Wembley Stadium, do you guys go anyway, even if it's not the Cowboys? Do you go anyway? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. season tickets, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, I Man, went to the I... Eagle. I went to an Eagles game and got a free hot dog from an Eagles fan. <laughs> you sure that wasn't actually an Eagles fan or like like no, they were they threw it at me, but I caught it. I was gonna say, did you eat it? Did you... Don't eat that. Don't, don't eat that, man. They try to get rid oh, of it, yeah. Mike. <laughs> hey, they're, they're about in the stadium. They're about fifteen dollars each. So I'll, I'll take yes. a free hot dog if you throw it at me. Right on. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not cheap, especially for a beer. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, yeah. The, the, the best. Yes. The best. The best story for me is I was at the Carolina Tampa game a couple of years ago, and um, the I had a whole lot of Americans sitting next to me, and of course 
uh, I think it was uh, Carolina lined up for a fair catch kick at the end of the first half. And these Americans had no idea of what the hell was going on. And I was able to say, like, it's only happened five or six times in the last 20 years. And I was able to say that one of the times was the 1988 season, the 49ers against Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs and all that. Right. And they're like, no, that can't be right. And they went and Googled it and went, okay, you know it. (laughs) You know what the thing is? I've I've never been to any other NFL game besides a Cowboys game. So, like, it would be weird. Because I would be, I would go to the game if I was if I lived in Europe. I'd have my cowboy jersey on at a Jacksonville oh, yeah. Yeah. 49ers yeah. game, you know, full on Dak Prescott yeah. jersey and everything like that. And not at a, I mean, that just shows, man, the, the love that you guys have for the NFL that you guys would do that. Because let me tell you something over here. When I'm at a Cowboys game, like let's say I'm at a uh, Cowboys Giants game. And there's some guy walking to the stadium and he has on like a Troy Palomalo jersey. I say, what the hell are you doing here? You know, why, yeah, why are a, you here? It's, it's, it's completely opposite over here because for us, it would be the exact same for Germany. And I would imagine it would be the exact same for uh, the people in Mexico because yeah. um, it's the only opportunity they get to see a proper NFL game. Yeah, so yes, all I understand. all, all yeah. 32 team fan bases are coming over. You could, go, you could be going with your best friend who could be a Giants fan or a Browns fan. It could be anyone. And, and, and you're you're just there for the sheer love of football. Yeah. You know, no, the, the, the strangest thing, I think, out of all the games that we've had, like, like, like you say, it's, it's usually it's 32 team jerseys everywhere, in it? So it's yeah. kind of a bit of a party atmosphere, but apart from when the Cowboys came over in... It's Cowboys fans and everybody that disliked the Cowboys. It was the first time like you were <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Half the, like, like, now you you understood that day. We got a lot of haters, right? <laughs> and, and, yeah. that, and this and this is exactly why I keep going back to the point. They're moving the stadium to Jacksonville to accommodate all the Cowboys nation. There we go. <laughs> right on. I yeah. agree. But um we got some questions that have been rolling in. One that has been a common question that's rolled in so far. I don't know if you've seen it, Heckler. They're asking uh, the viewers at home. Um, obviously, the news broke yesterday about uh, Debo Samuel requesting oh, the trade. Oh, yeah. God. Would you, would you, would you buy into that? they got to do me like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know he's requesting some big bucks. Like, mm. we're talking, like, 30 million is what some people are reporting. I don't know if it's quite that much, but... Um, a lot of people are saying, and there are reports that Cowboys had um, given some interest. What that means, I don't know. But right. they did it's have some nice. trade interest. Um, oh, but what's man. your take on it? What would you do? I, you know, when, when I heard the news yesterday, like everybody else, I was like, what? My first thing was, what the heck is going on in San Francisco? How can this thing go from, to me, I think... Shanahan's offense and the way that he was able to feature Debo, yeah. it just kind of like opened my eyes up to like, oh, wow, I, I want one of those. You know, who do I have? As a matter of fact, what I started to say after the season was over, who do I have on my team that can mimic exactly what Debo Samuels does? And that's why I started thinking, I was like, whoa, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard can there do you go. exactly mm-hmm. that. They're the same, same body type too. 
same size, right? This guy's six foot, 200, and I think Debo's like 218. Tony's like 212, whatever. I mean, but dimensions-wise, they're different guys. You know, Debo is like, right. he's built up, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, but still, yeah. same weight, same height. Uh, and that's what I started thinking about because you, you got to understand the dynamics of being able to have a weapon that you can feature like that. When a guy's at wide receiver, what they, the, the secondary usually does is they can move their coverages over to try and eliminate him through zone, through trying to double team him. When he's in the backfield, then that takes that coverage away. You can move him out, and then you're trying to shift a linebacker onto a guy like Debo Samuels, and that's a nightmare. All right, you don't want to do that unless you have Michael Parsons. But anyway, we just saw <laughs> we just saw we just saw that the way that they used him. But then when the news broke, and a part of the news was okay, a Debo wants to get paid as high as a quarterback. But also, he doesn't want to be used as a running back anymore. Well, mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. I'm torn because even if, if we get you, I want to use you as a running back too because <laughs> I've seen what you do at the running back position. So I want to highlight you and feature you as that as well. Now, will there be – I want to say that Devo Samuels is very smart, one, understanding what his value is in the NFL and understanding his value on his team. And I see that guys with the salary cap rising, you're seeing more and more players start to actually recognize, wait a minute, I have value. I account for 30% of this offense, you know, yeah. not only passing but also rushing. So I think all of those things are going to be relative. But if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'm looking at what I already have and maybe I have a cheaper version of that. Now, I know I people, like nobody wants to hear that because everybody mm -hmm. wants to get the name and the player and all of that uh, to go with it. But I think you kind of have a player that can do some of those similar things. I'm not saying that he is Debo Samuels, but wouldn't yeah. it piss you off if you got Debo Samuels and then you didn't use him like you saw him be mm -hmm. used uh, in a 49ers uniform? That's all I got yeah. on that. But, uh, Do you think it's all right? Okay, such a, do you think it's been... Well, for, for me anyway, it's been one of the craziest off-seasons I can ever remember being in the NFL. It's like, it's like one domino falls, and then one goes, like you say, like Brady retired, then unretired. Rodgers was going to go, and then he got a new contract. Then Devontae Adams went. Then Derek Carr got his contract. Then there was Tyree Kill, and it's like, it's, it just seems one one week it's one, and then it, it just keeps moving. I'm thinking yeah. it's actually yeah. good to see that, like, it's so up in the air and there's so much going on and it's like, yeah, this is great. And then, but you just look at the Cowboys fans going, but we've not made no moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, you're right. And Jamie, I, I think that, man, look, you guys are over there and I'm sure y'all can feel all the heat from Cowboy Nation. Everybody's a little pissed off, right? Mm -hmm. Pissed about the lack of moves. And I just, I mean, look, let's just go down memory lane here. All right. And, I started working for the Dallas Cowboys when Mike McCarthy took over. And the and the narrative was when Mike took over was this team needs to change the direct, direction because Jason Garrett isn't able to get the players' attention. The message is getting old. Dak needs a, you know, a fresh start with a new OC or a new look. And Jason couldn't give him that. He was old, archaic in his ways at the way that he's calling plays. Okay. Mike McCarthy comes in, you know, he's a wizard. He comes in with the Super Bowl pedigree, the whole nine. Everybody's hopeful for what's going to happen. And then the pandemic happens and Dak breaks his leg. All right. So yeah. season is a mess, but you still have an opportunity, even at the end of the season, to possibly win the NFC East, but you don't. Okay. What happens through the offseason? 
God blesses us with the best linebacker to ever be born of a woman. All right. And that's Michael Parsons. Here he lands in our lap. And we have this phenom in, in the NFL and all of the things that you were thinking before. Hey, if we could just have a middle of the road defense, all of those things, our offense is going to carry us to the next level. Mike McCarthy has the right idea. We lose in the first round and all of a sudden, ah, throw everybody away. It's a new narrative being written. So after the first, you go back, I'm going back to the COVID year when we brought in Don Terry Poe, Everson Griffith, Alden Smith, all of those guys. No, no, no. Come on, Paul. Come back. Stay with me, Paul. All right. Oh. We brought in all of those guys. We paid all that money. And Cowboy fans are like, okay, we can regenerate, re re renew these guys, and they're going to get our defense going. What did that prove? It got us nothing. We went right back to yeah. the draft. We got some guys that were good enough. Uh, Osa Digizua, you've got to feel good about him. Neville Gallimore, you've got to feel good about I mean, Chauncey Golston, you got to feel good about those guys. Doris Armstrong, these are names that are not going to get you excited because they're just not the name that you want to hear. But you got to go back and look at the season that those guys have and come to the re realization that yeah, hey, you may have something in the guys that you've already drafted. So, Jamie, back to what you're saying. The narrative now is you're telling me that Stephen Jones has big buy anxiety? <laughs> Stephen Jones has big purchase anxiety, okay? You know, I, 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 just don't, I just don't see that being the reality from a guy that built the team uh, up well enough to be able to win the NFC East and be in a position in the playoffs. Like, you had everything to play for. And let's not act as though like the 49ers just blew us out of the out of the park okay it came down to the last play it shouldn't have been as close as we we didn't want it to be as close as it was and we lost by that sure. margin but still uh -huh. you had an opportunity to win that game i'm just saying hear me out cowboy nation and i know nobody wants to hear that because you want all the names you want to build an all-star team you may have what you need already um, just you may already have it in your cupboard. I'm hey, listen, I'm not crazy. I recognize that we need some more wide receivers. We need some guys at offensive line as well. We need some backup guys, some guys that maybe some guys that can push some other guys. But all this talk about a left tackle and all of that, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm just not ready to throw uh Tyron Smith away. <laughs> I'm just I'm not there. I, I'm not there. Yeah, I'm with you. I said this. I'm, I'm like, because for me, if you turn around and you say, you look at all top 32 left tackles in the NFL and their backups, you're like, no, Tyrone is a starting left tackle. Once you go through the list, you're like, yeah, he's a starting left tackle. There's yeah. no argument there. Um, but one of the uh, questions that has confirmed, we'll move it on uh, from this then, is a question about Kellen Moore. That do you think he. Is the man, he's the offensive coordinator we need to be, or do you think they should move on? Man, look, you guys sometimes, have you been, you've had those times in your life, man, where you're doing so good and, and people are patting you on the back and you mm -hmm. start believing in your own press. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you start, you start <laughs> believing that you better, you're, you're a lot better than what you are. And I, I think Kellen Moore at a certain point in the season was not just coaching for this season. He was, he was auditioning. Right? I think yeah. he started yeah. listening to the press and people saying, Kellen Moore is the next boy genius. He's the next guy for those jobs that are about. And, and so he started trying to put his resume on display. I don't know that 
to be sure, right? This is just conjecture on my part, but I saw the play calling go from a balanced play call from the first seven games to mm-hmm. something that really just didn't look the same. Now, a lot of that could also be the you had some defensive failings. You had some guys, some there were points in some games where you were not getting turnovers. The other team was was running the ball down your throat and you had to throw the ball 50 times, right? But yeah. At the same time, I just think that that balance kind of went away. And that balance went away because Zeke was hurt and because you, you pretty much your offensive line was falling apart. And you had a whole bunch of moving pieces on the offensive line. Um, yeah. I think that Keller Moore this year, he's got to come in with a tight game plan. Uh, he has to play this thing close to his chest this year because I think a lot of People in the NFL are looking at him and saying, look, man, uh, are we heaping too much praise on you uh, and this team when, you know, down the stretch it failed? But let's just keep – can we also say this about Kellen Moore? He had the number one offense in the NFL, guys. Exactly. Okay. Number one scoring offense. They have the number one offense in the NFL. And I don't know too many teams. If you had if if Bill Belichick had the number one offense in the NFL or or just take another coach. I don't know. If if Kansas City had the number one offense in the NFL Mm -hmm. and and they lost in the fashion that they did, you wouldn't be talking about Eric B enemy this way. You wouldn't be saying mm-hmm. that Eric Bieniemy is on the hot seat, and he, get, you know, I, I mean, I understand that the expectation that the bar has been set, and this is what you want. But Kellen Moore, to a larger degree, has had a ton of success. He's just got to get them past his playoff hump. That's what the, yeah. that's what Cowboy Nation is like. I don't. The regular season is cool, but you know, refine your plays in the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I think as well. Well, I, 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 I agree with you that. Some of it sometimes was a little off kilter, but as you say, there were reasons behind that. But it, it was just like sometimes, you know, like the pet play sequence calling would just all of a sudden, like as if they've gone, I don't know, maybe Dak will help us out here. You know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you no, got that feeling a lot during the game and you just like, like basically, and you, you can attest this, that every call needs to have a purpose. That there no, needs to Mike. be something that you're setting up. And it seemed to be they were setting it up, setting it up, and then it would all just, like, crumble and they'd just go away from it. And you're like, no! <laughs> yeah. No, Mike, you make a Mike, you make a great point. I, I just I just feel like the NFL in general is, it's like, if you run the ball on first down and it doesn't work, you don't run the ball on first down anymore. He's like, oh, it didn't work on first down, so let's not run it anymore. But you throw it first down, second down, third down. You may not have success, but you keep, it doesn't stop you from throwing the ball. So yeah. I just think that sometimes, you know, those things, those conventional wisdoms of football have kind of been relaxed now, and everybody wants that high energy, high octane, and they're, they're under pressure to present that every time. Like 40 burger offense, and that's not that's not the reality, man. Sometimes you gotta, you know, win by win by you know a point. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. You gotta get some big. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, the only other news we wanted to touch on very quickly while here, and then we'll move on to the draft was okay. just the news about Kelvin Joseph um, and everything else. Now he is in the building. Um, uh, as we've seen, he was part of the OTAs. Uh, or the off-season training program. Um, the only thing really I wanted to add is the, the the people I feel for the most is obviously the victim's family that has to yep. live through the story that keeps getting tuned. What's happening to Kelvin Joseph? What's happening to Kelvin Joseph? And it's like, well, I'm pretty certain they're not bothered about this at all. Yeah. No, this yeah. is... Uh, 
No, this is this is. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't interrupt you guys. Go ahead. No, 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 you go back. Okay. Um, it's it's tough, man. I, I, I can is. honestly tell you that, um, like you said, Cameron Ray and his family. That's what's what's that's the story. That's the hottest spot. That's the story, and and yeah. I'm a father, and you know I have a, a teenage son. Um, that I couldn't imagine something like that happening to him, you know, and I live, I live in this community. So, um, I think there's a reality to all of this. I mean, we're talking about a game that people play. This is real life when people start losing their lives over, Mm -hmm. you know, foolishness and, you know, look, man, we've all been there. I know I've been there, you know, where you're, you're leaving a nightclub, somebody says something and, and things get heated. heated. Somebody overreacts, right? There's always, you know, but. But you'd like to think no matter what in situations like that, guys can just disagree, have an argument, or maybe even have a fair fist fight and go home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But there's a whole nother element to life that, you know, people don't always do that, man. And that's that's the sad part about it. And, you know, I think the legal process obviously is going to take its, you know, course. Uh, but, you know, you wonder Kelvin what Joseph, the NFL will do with Calvin Joseph, too. Well, I... I mean, from from what we know from our experience in situations like this, the NFL is definitely going to suspend a player that's involved in anything like this. So, um, and, and this this is not I, I just proof positive from everything else that we've seen that a suspension is almost imminent unless you know again the legal process is going to play out. All of these other things are going to play out. They are going to gather the facts on everything that happened in this case, uh, but. You know, him being suspended, uh, to be honest with you, Mike, is the least of my worries, uh, exactly. even when I think about this situation, because someone lost their child. There's a mother that's out there grieving. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, there are a whole bunch of mothers that are about to lose their sons in a way. Uh, when you think about, you know, when the legal ramification finally uh, yeah, comes yeah, to yeah. fruition. Yep. Yeah, it's, yep. it's a never ending circle. And in terms of Kelvin Joseph, the only thing I will add on it, and I'll let the other guys interject, is um, which is why I like to hang around with you a lot, Hackma. Why I like to talk to you a lot. They always say, uh, and Kelvin needs to take a note of this you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And that's all I would add. It's, uh, to me, it's not him. It just seems to be the people he's hanging around with are just not the right people. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, Kelvin Joseph is 21 years old. And um, yeah. so he's a kid. You know, he's a kid. And and I'm telling you, when I think back to when I was 21 years old, some of the people that I hung out with were not favorite <laughs> yeah. individuals. You know, so I... I you gotta understand, man. I'm I'm a I'm a real person, man. I don't I try. I'm not one of these people that's in the media that has you know has the mind that I, I can just you know rag on a guy and give you a hot take. These people are they're humans, and and I, I I'm reminded that I have done some dreadful things in my life, you know, that I'd rather no one know about, you know. But at the mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, I recognize that there are guys that are living with living their lives in the spotlight, man. And uh, I don't have any judgment for him uh, on that. I just think that he needs to mature. You yeah. would like for him to uh, understand that he has more to lose than the average 21 year old. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah. if yeah. depending on how this whole thing plays out for him, uh, if he is exonerated of, of whatever comes down the line, you know, hopefully uh, he had, you know, no issues, nothing to do with it, that he does a complete 180 in his life and understands that. Yeah, 100%, 100% agree on that. I mean, 
you know, obviously it, it's bad enough that he was involved with this. You then got the fact that he kept quiet about it for, you know, 30 days or so. And unfortunately, it, the only reason why he ended up being named is because he was wearing his necklace. It has, uh-huh. you know, it isn't something yeah. that can be attributed to anybody else. Yeah. Um, and that's the only reason why he had to come forward, you know. So, um he needs to learn from this situation, you know, <clears throat> deal with whatever consequences are going on and make the most of whatever is left of his, either his playing career or his life in general. I mean, completely um, agree. You know, is that you there, brother? just thinking about it, it's bad anytime, and if it's a sports star or not, but like you say, is it is it the line that he plays for arguably the the most well-known team in America, um, like I say, and trying to ha- kind of hide, n- not hide it as such. It's like trying to say, keep it up, keep it on the down low. Is is not going to happen? Someone's like, like Lance said, he's wearing something that's or it could be attributed to him. But as well, he's, he's in the limelight. He's is is a recognised sports star in in the states, and it's like it's going to come out at some point in it. So it's like just yeah, do, do the honourable thing and like I say, come forward and. Say so, yeah, I was there. Like I say, because yeah. the longer this drags out, sadly, it, it makes it worse for the family because, like I say, it's been this long; and it's dragging out, and it just keeps bringing up bad memories for them as well. Absolutely, oh, definitely. Absolutely. So, uh, what we'll do is we'll just part that right there before this becomes uh, too solemn, uh, <laughs> and we have to keep bringing all of this up. We'll move on to something a lot happier. We are exactly seven days away, seven days till the all NFL right. draft. Cheers yeah. to that, mate. Yeah, yeah. baby. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> all right. And Hackner's got himself a beer as well. He's got himself a beverage. Yes, uh, I do. Was- Drink responsibly, and yes, um, <laughs> um, so what I thought we would do since we've got the main man on himself, the triple H, as we call him, uh, I thought we'd do, and we touched on it a little briefly yesterday on the show, is um, nightmare and dream draft scenarios. Oh, um, okay. oh yes, so. Um, basically, what I thought is we'll start with round one, yeah. then we'll go to day two, and then basically just like a guy on day three you would absolutely love. And then we'll flip it and go the other way. So okay. for all of you guys, now for me, I'm quite happy. In my rankings, really, in the first round, go very, very simply, inside offensive line, very, very closely behind that's wide receiver, then pass rusher. Okay. Um, I really like Boye Mafe. So if that landed to them, I'd be happy with that too. But for you, Hackner, and I'll get the other guys, what would be your dream draft scenario for round one? All right. Let's get wild, guys. Um, let's I get wanna, wild. Because this, yeah, let's get wild. I mean, you just brought a solemn there for a minute. So I'm like, come on, let's get crazy. Uh, bring let's up. bring this thing back up a little bit. Now, mm-hmm. you heard mm-hmm. Jerry say on the press conference when he announced blockchain uh, yeah. that – he was be possibly interested in trading up. Come on, Paula, you're gonna stay with me on this one because oh, no, I'm, I was just I was just more annoyed with the whole uh, media build up. I was expecting something other than a whole sponsorship with blockchain. <laughs> you, you, wanna, you, know, you wanted something big, <laughs> yeah. 
I know. We were thinking it was a conference to announce that Jimmy was going to go into the Ring of Honor or yeah. Romo was yeah. going to go into the Ring of Honor. And then it, uh, no, I'm sorry, guys, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the inside of you. I knew what it was going to be about, right? So I, I didn't have to share the same excitement. Uh, but but I, understand, I feel you. I understand where you're going with that. But you know what? When he said trading up, he would possibly be interested in trading up. He perked that perked my interest um, because this draft to me, guys, I don't know if you have the same feeling. I know you guys have done a lot of drafts. This is one of those weird drafts where they're just not a bunch of dogs. Where I mean, look, guys that you could say they've been a guy that's been doing it in, year in and year out. There are a bunch of guys that's in this draft that you just started talking about in February. Yeah, seriously yeah. and yeah, from a from a skill position standpoint from an offensive lineman standpoint and i i i tend to shy away from those guys that kind of get the hype at the last minute because i think there's agents and they're trying to market a guy that may you may be able to get in the second round and i think that the we're still dealing with the effects of the pandemic as well so i'm i'm all about trading up to get one player if we can get in and that's that's Jordan Davis from from Georgia. Oh. I'm telling you, I'm telling. I, I, I look. He is he is the kind of athlete that you can get in the middle of your defensive line. That's going mm -hmm. to help. That's going to control the line of scrimmage. You know that with him, he is going to be able to nullify two people up front each and every mm -hmm. down. You're they're going to have to relegate two individuals to him. And he automatically makes your defense, your defensive line, 10 times better than they were. He is the, to me, he's the can't miss prospect for, for defense. Now, edge rushers to me, uh, Thibodeau, the kid from Oregon, I'm intrigued by his athleticism and his burst. I just think that he's really quick off the end. But I've found that edge, edge rushers, if they're not used to getting touched up by those big left tackles, then yeah that may end up yeah. being a, and, and i'm not saying that he's a he may be a development guy because he did it in college right i just think oh, yeah. that there's a, i think that there's a just a big jump uh in that so i'm i'm not even i'm not half out on him I, he's just another player for me that if i traded up and i had an opportunity to get him he would be one as well but the other guy is sauce gardner from cincinnati i don't mm -hmm. know if y'all got an opportunity to see this kid sauce gardner i know he has a catchy nickname but man, he he is a he is a dude. I mean, like he is a dude, and he is the kind of guy you bring him in on your on that on uh, the corner opposite mm -hmm. Trayvon Diggs. Boy, that is that would be mm, killer. That'd be tasty. That'd oh, be tasty. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Oh yeah, spicy. We'd like to we like to see spicy. <laughs> that would be spicy. Spicy. Yes, <laughs> um, the, the, I, I do like Thibodeau. I do. Um, I worry about some of the comments he made you know a few weeks ago just around the combine um and you do get a lot of comments that i've heard from scouts that if you draft thibodeau make sure you have two chairs for him yeah because uh, you need one for him and one for his ego because that carries right. around with him yeah. very very much um but i do like him i do agree and source garden is my cornerback one so um love him uh in fact he is fifth on my board so there you go he's a top five so um but all right let's go around the horn we'll start with you then lord oh look i just did a rhyme um <laughs> <laughs> what would be your your round one dream draft scenario 
again, I, th I think the main thing for me is that we address the interior offensive line. Mm -hmm. That would that would be my thing first of all, and I think you know there's there's potential um, with. Uh, your wide receivers in the second round, I think there yeah. that can be addressed there. That you know, unless it's unless it's one of the big guys like um, who's it, Garrett Wilson or Burks uh -huh. or whatever, have, have dropped into our laps. Yeah. Uh, I, I was listening to um, about them boys this week with um, Jeff was on mm. that, and he obviously uh -huh. he's got Sky Moore as his number two receiver. Um, you know, he's so he's already thinking that you know, because other publications are saying, oh, he's the sixth or seventh, that you know, you can get Sky Moore in the second round. You know, Jeff would be jumping for joy from that. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, he would, yeah, it's that yeah. sort of thing. Oh, I'm, I'm open to us moving up if it's the right player as well. Mm. Um, and Jordan Davis is somebody I would love to have. Yes. I'm I'm seeing that the, the, there's still a lot of things. I'm seeing things about Wyatt and he's now dropping down people's boards. There's there's concerns that are not red flags, but there's amber flags about him. Um, you know, again, it's all the sort of whatever's going on behind the scenes, due diligence for the teams, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um but you know, I am open as long as we're not giving up draft capital in next year's draft, you know, major draft capital. Lauren, Lauren, let me I'm sorry, I, I want to interrupt you, but I just I agree yeah. with what you're saying. And I and I think what I'm this I'm on the same page with the offensive line. I I know that we need help up front, but I just yep. feel as though like Zion Johnson, I think he has a I think his first round grade is a little premature. I think he's a guy that you that any other year you could have gotten the second round. You know, I, I think that some even even Green from Texas A&M, I, I think he's a second round guy. They're going to they're going to get him in the first because there are a lot of teams that that need offensive linemen. But I think you're you're pressing uh, in a situation like that. And there may be a situation where you can get that say that same offensive lineman in the second round uh, or a guy of that caliber to push, you know, the guy that, that you have as your I starter right now, left guard. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with you on that. What, what I would counter with that is that, um, you know, obviously, as, as Brian Broadus and all that are saying, you know, there's only say 18 picks with first round draft grades. After that, anybody else at the latter end of the second of the first round, you're probably picking up a second round draft pick. Uh, what I would say is, any time that the Cowboys have drafted an offensive lineman in the second round, it hasn't worked out so well. Where Okay, it's Connor Williams is off playing seven million in Miami next year. Um, you know, and we again we don't know was the problem uh, Connor Williams or was the problem Tyler Biadish. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. that's something we won't know until this year with whoever we plug and play. But again, the offensive line is the one area at the moment that we haven't um, addressed in free agency. Um, yes, we've got Connor McGovern. We we've even got somebody that was a a sort of a darling from the Hard Knock series in Isaac Alarcon, who they, Isaac. you know they were they were expecting big things from, and that's why they've kept him on again, and they've brought him back again this year. Is he going to suddenly? It's going to click for him, you know, and 
um, you know, he suddenly becomes this monster. Mm-hmm. Don't know. You know, and as you as you said earlier, I mean, some of these teams that go to the Super Bowl, they don't have superstars on the roster. It can be unassuming guys who are hungry, yeah. trying to get that big contract, and it just you catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Um, a good example, to be honest. Paul, thank not, you. You know, yeah. yeah. Take the word. You took the words right out of my mouth because you know, and, and I guess my other point is, Lauren, and I've said this to my guys here. I like. You know, I know we make such a big deal out of the draft, but really how many guys in the NFL draft really come in and compete immediately? I mean, you have those anomalies, guys that come in like the, you know, the the, the chases of the world and guys that you know mm. in, that, in that first 10, you, those, those are your plug and play guys. The rest of them, you're just hoping that they work out. Second round, you know, if they were, again, first through fourth, if you can get con- contributions from those guys, major but for the most part if you go back and you look over historically you haven't gotten a lot of participation from those players and and what they do for you for the first year look at the situation that the cowboys are in you absolutely need a guy to come you draft that guy he has to play you cannot miss on this player that you take in the first round he has Mm -hmm. to be someone that contributes immediately so the plug and play Mm -hmm. element of the left guard that you're talking about, you better be damn sure that he is that guy. And I don't see any of those guys. If, if we had, like, there was a legit left guard in the top 10 picks, then we're going up to get that guy because he's going to show up and help us with our problems. We just don't have that. And the guy that we're looking at getting, is his his first-round grade is from 20 on down, right? So I just believe that you can get that talent uh, in the second round. You may be able to get a guy that, like Jerry said, you may be able to get a CD or Michael Parsons, a guy that's immediately impactful. And I, that's all I took from what he said. Like a guy that's going to be yep. immediately impactful. Think about how much pressure that pick has on him because he's going to have to come in and play. Hmm. Yeah. So, go on, Paul. Give me your draft dream scenario for round one and then same question to you, Jay. So, for me, this is going to be a slightly a bit more unorthodox. I do love, I, like the, I do love your take. I hate more about uh, Jordan Davis. I do like that. Uh-huh. But I do think there is a good fair bit of depth from different parts of the positions from rounds one to rounds three, the guys that can plug in and play. So, with that being said, I would actually trade back a couple of places, still pick up one a really good potential defensive end, like Boy Mafia that like some Mike's talking about, for example, or might get more value, like getting further back of the board if Johnson or Kenyon Green are there, but we're still getting those additional draft picks to fill yeah, up yeah, the yeah, yeah. voids that we didn't actually do in free agency. So I'm okay. thinking about that, like, like two, first round, two, two first round picks or just a, a later first round pick or where's it, the additional pick? Moving, moving back, moving back a couple of places in the first round, and probably pick up a, I an don't know, like, an additional second or maybe even an additional third. Okay, mm-hmm. I like it. I like and, it. And maybe a couple of compensation picks just to throw in there. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they could come in handy if you needed it, which we'll get to for the the, the round two. Uh, hey, listen, we'll, we'll put we'll put we'll put it this way, I, I, and this is still going to be remains the scene. We got um, LSU linebacker last year. Uh, Cox. Fourth round last year. 
And the way how Jerry and Stephen are talking about, they're expecting a lot of contribution for him this year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if we can get that diamond in the rough in that fourth round sweet spot again, great, wonderful. Like those, because I'm still surprised that he fell all the way down to the fourth. I'm still. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Paul. I'm, I'm right there with you. And that expectation and that um, Jabril Cox is a guy that's living on the potential that of one play that he made. He chased the guy to the sideline and cut him off and everybody was, whoa, look at the yeah, speed. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He's a, he's our guy. Man, we, how many times have we placed our, th- you know, placed all of our hopes in the guy and his potential and what he can do? He's coming off the ACL. I want nothing but the best for him. I think that he can be absolutely everything that we want him to be. But can he stay healthy? You know, how is the ACL going to heal up? There are guys, even when you start talking, Paul, when you start talking about trading back, there's a linebacker, guys, by the name of N'Kobe Dean. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's funny you mention that. Will he actually be there? No, no, Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying if if, if we know how how wonky the draft can get in, guys, just like you just alluded to, you have an opportunity to go and get a player that I'm one of those guys like, those small school, I don't knock the small school guys, right? I, I think those guys, they, they deserve an opportunity. They do the size, <laughs> yeah. schematics, all of those things are there. But N'Kobe Dean, to me as a linebacker, bro, he has been handling his business in the SEC. And who better to go have be the linebacker and a guy that you've seen do it in the SEC, stop the run, be smart in the past, than N'Kobe Dean. Sorry, yeah. I need, I need to ask this question because you do mention smaller schools there, and I do need to ask this. This is my <laughs> the guys know who they, they know what I'm about to ask. Like, so this is my my diamond in the rough draft pick overall is Cole Strange from Chattanooga. That's I would love to see in Dallas. That's one day I would love to see. Why? Why? I just what? think it's it's football IQ. Yeah. First and foremost, I just he just always seems to be in the right position at the right time. Doesn't not give up in terms of going back in the line of scrimmage. The only thing is though is probably just uh, it's more so on the the pass protection. Mm-hmm. He, he can in the last in the last third that's when he might give up. But in terms of zone blocking, he's oh yeah, his tape's fantastic for that. So. Uh, but I sorry, uh, I'll leave it on to Jamie. So let him get his sweet take on it. Sorry, I just had to want to get that quick question in there. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, Jay, you you kick me off because he's run on a bit. Kick me off with what would be your draft nightmare for the first round, and I'll ask Catman the same question yeah. then after James. Before I nick it, then uh, yeah. only because my my draft dream, Heckman just mentioned him. And we've had plenty of conversations. Nicole yeah, Dean, man, him and yeah. Michael Parsons, lights out. I would feel sorry for any offensive line that would have to face them too. You have beat the table year. on him a lot. I will say that. But um, draft, and I, and I don't, I don't mean this in in a negative way. But I've, a I've, scenario, I've, and we, and we've had, and we we've, we've had conversations on the morning on the way to work about it. I just think, just with the needs on, just with the needs on this team on offensive line. And how deep it is, and also put on the defensive line. Wide receiver for me, just for the fact that, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's it, it's it's nice to have that fifth year option, but you're essentially going to bring him in at the minute, and he's going to be wide receiver free. 
when when you've got a healthy gallop. Um, and, and that's not to take away anything of, of these guys. There's the kid from Arkansas in there, and there's and there's Garrett and Alave. These guys, these guys are going to be a great addition to the team. I just I'm thinking a bit more what where this team lacks a little bit, like you said. So defensive line and probably defensive line edge rush. I just see them more of a of a need than than wide receiver. Jimmy, can I just add on top of your point about wide receiver? That would that would be my worst nightmare as well. But the reason for that, because and and I'm really interested to hear your take on this, Hetma, is um, we just gave away Cooper. I'm still not over that like, because like, uh, because like and one of the talking points was he wasn't getting enough touches, enough uh, enough targets thrown to him essentially, and so we traded him away. What means to say we were to draft a wide receiver at number one, being that similar type of style player that Amari Cooper is to fit in the Kelly Moore offense? What does it like? Is he going to get the same opportunity? Why don't we get that type of more, like, uh, like I don't, for example, Khalil Shakir from Boise State, maybe in mm-hmm. the later rounds, that would kind of fit more into that mixture mode of what Kellen does. It likes to target different people and different scenarios type idea. So I, that's why I don't think wide receiver at 24 would not be a good idea at all. I, I don't either. I, 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 and, the, and the problem that I have with the argument is, like, if we took a wide receiver in the first round, and, and this guy would have to be, man, lights out. And I don't, I don't see any of those. I don't see them in this draft. I, I see guys like the Wilson kid from, from uh, Ohio State. Um, yeah, Olave from Ohio State. Both of them mm-hmm. are dynamic wide receivers, but the best wide receiver on the team is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, Fletcher. I know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah. We said, you that. know, so when I do the evaluation of these guys, I'm like, wait a minute, who is that guy? Yeah, oh, that's the guy I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? so, so that's where I am with that. And, and I think for some reason. In the, in the NFL, there's this attitude that you can plug and play guys at the wide receiver positions, and it's true because of the RPO, the, the, the open sets that they play, and guys are not dealing with a whole lot of pressure from the defensive end, so you just have this, any guy can come in and play the slot, receive, slot receiver, the uh, the verbiage and all of those things are the same, mm-hmm. so the, the Shakur guy that you're talking about from Boise State, I think he's a he's a perfect player because you can plug and play him. He, the, exactly. Yeah. He's already mm-hmm. familiar with all the terminology, so it only mm-hmm. makes sense to go into those later rounds. But it, if you check out this kid, Burke from Arkansas, he is <laughs> big. He can run. He is a route running technician. And he is the mm-hmm. kind of player that I don't know if he comes in and he's your wide receiver three. He, he may come in and be pushing for two and really kind of like bumping and making that be having that competition because he is that kind of guy. Now I believe he's going to need a few years to to get more of that NFL strength and body, but he's a guy that can come in and he he can do that as well. And so look, it's going to really get it's going to be interesting what players you take right there. But I think Paul brings up a great point uh, about the wide receiver from Boise State because he's a guy that you can get in the later rounds. And I think that Jeffrey, he's high on Sky Moore because he knows that Sky Moore is a guy that can come into Kellen's system and play immediately and still be the player that he was in college based off of the way that this team is going to use. 
Yeah, 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 totally agree. So let's go into round two and three. Um, I'll, I'll do the dream scenarios for myself and then I'll let you hit you with it, Hekma, and then okay. the rest of the gang. For me, I, um, I, you know, I'm with you on the, the wide receiver. I don't mind, uh, if they did take one in the first round, depending on how the, the you know, depending on how the draft was to fall to them. But I brought, uh, ideally, I'm looking at wide receiver in the second round. More for okay. me, a guy like Christian Watson. So you're talking about small school guys. There's a guy I love. In the okay. pre-draft process, this guy has nailed it. Um, obviously, still raw, playing in the FCS. That's going to happen because you play, you know, you think of the type of cornerbacks he was playing against. But I love it. Arnold Epikete, there's another guy I quite like uh, in the, the second round. Third round, I'm looking at more guys like Leo Chanel, Isaiah Likely, possibly. Um, there's another guy I quite like, uh, Lecter Smith. But they're the sort of guys I'm looking at that if it was one of those type of guys, certainly the third round, I, I'm, I think, you know, if you're going to go for Jelani Woods or Isaiah Likely, that needs to be the place. If you're not going to do it, I would leave tight end altogether. But that would be my, my, my dream scenario. What about for yourself, Heckman? What would be your dream scenario? Mike, round two and three? Mike I'm telling you, I... There are the, the 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 tight end from Virginia. I'm I'm more on the tight end position. Yeah, in the yeah, third yeah, yeah. Round. That's that's where I am, and I think that's where you pick up a quality guy. I'm telling y'all, Kittle from San Francisco is my favorite mm -hmm. tight end in the whole world. I've never seen anything like George Kittle before in my life. I've never seen the kind the kind of weapon that he is. Think about this, guys. When Shanahan draws up a running play, he has 85 out there that can he can block the edge 15 yards down the field. Did you see what Kittle did to Vaughn Miller? And yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is a devastating blocker. And that is something that the Dallas Cowboys don't. That's an element to our physicality that we don't have. So, no, we got to have that. And. Mm -hmm. It's it's one thing to have, and I think that Schultz is dynamic as a as a wide receiver, as a as a pass catcher. I think that he has built himself up to be and deserves everything that he gets. But I'm sorry, man, he is a in, in running game, he is a liability uh, because he can't in protection. He he can't blocking is not his forte. Is basically what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying yeah. that he can't work on it. He can, but there are some guys like the Jelani kid. But also Charlie Kohler from uh, Iowa State. Y'all got to check Another this kid out, like, man. He's yeah. a big body, uh, 6'7", 50. He is, you know, I, he's a guy that maybe it's not his his strong, strong suit, but he is willing. And he has – Brees Moore was the running back from Iowa State. So this okay. guy had to do the blocking. He's a Big 12 uh, tight end. So I just feel as though he's – He's one of those guys, a quality guy, maybe somebody that's flying under the radar. And I'm only pushing it, pushing the envelope for him because I saw this kid in college and he's from around here. He's from Oklahoma. Yeah. And I, you know, had an opportunity to see him in high school as well. He's just, he's just talented. He's a talented tight end and we need that element on offense. But second round guys, I want to be honest with you. It's all going to depend on what we do in the first round. If we yeah. do something like get a yeah. wide receiver in the first round, well, we gotta get offensive line in the second round. We got yeah. we can't go first round wide receiver and then 
you know, pick up a running back. You know, I think that's the nightmare scenario if we did something like that. Exactly. We got to get a guy that can play right now. And I think offensive line, interior offensive line, we need to find out what Josh Ball is up to. Can he be that swing tackle? Is Ty Naseki going to be the swing tackle? Who's going to be that, especially if we expect for – Tyron Smith to miss some time. Um, but I don't think that we draft a left tackle in the first round and try and have him develop behind Tyron Smith. That, that to me, is a nightmare situation because I want you to play immediately if you're drafted in, you know, first 32. Yeah. All right, then. Uh, Lord, give me your uh, draft dream for round two. <clears throat> Well, as as Heckma says, it's what do we do in the first round? Um, you know, obviously has a bearing on what we do in the second round. Um, obviously, you know, if we trade back and we maybe pick up a second, then you've got the you've maybe got a luxury pick where um, we know that Jerry likes to sometimes take questionable guys. Um, yeah. In, injury question marks obviously yeah. Paul and I have got a guy that you know unfortunately he's going to drop out of the first round yeah. uh, Michigan's David Ojabo we'd love to and see that him. actually would be and it's nothing bad against you Scottish boys but for me yep. Ojabo for me would be my nightmare honestly if if that was if that was the only pick we had in the second round, that would be a nightmare for me as well. Yeah. If we if we traded back, we got another we got another pick. Sure. And you have that yes. you have that luxury, then that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. That as you say, that would be my nightmare pick if we're putting all if we're doing a Jalen Smith situation and you're putting all your your eggs in one basket and yeah. hoping yeah. that he comes yeah. back and he the the guys the as much as I love him. He's raw. He was a basketball player. He went to America on a scholarship on one of these finish your finish your schooling in America, do the basketball, hope to get basket basketball um scholarships to college. Mm. Didn't work out. Ended up doing uh, American football final year of high school and just knocked everybody away. And then obviously COVID hit, he didn't and he was playing behind Quitty Pay last year, this year, um, obviously, mammoth year for him alongside Aidan Hutchinson. Um, but he hasn't got the the run support at the moment. He would be your Randy Gregory in that he's mm. got all the skills, he's got the, the bend, the lean, you know, see, seeing him, he can do the sort of run at that angle uh, around the corner of the left tackle, but has he got the ability to stand up the left tackle or the right tackle at the point of attack and make the the run stop uh, the run stop? So, mm-hmm. um, and as you guys have been saying, I think tight end is something we need to address probably in the third round as well. So, you know, and that's that's something I'm looking at. So it all it all depends on what we do in the first round, to be honest. Um, but I'm sort of, if we go offensive line, I think we're looking at wide receiver, maybe a second round pick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jamie, like give me a give me a dream, and then Paul, give me a nightmare. Jamie first. Um, second round, and I think you know, you know, I banged on the drums for K for a while. I, I, I love this kid. He's one of my favorite players in this draft. Who's that? Who did you um, say? Arnold Abigail. Okay. Would love to see him in a Cowboys uniform. Don't think it will happen, but if not, maybe, 
maybe, maybe the safety from Penn State, I don't think for the Cowboys I go safety that high. Yeah. And then if we're looking at safety. Yeah, and if you're looking at round three, then maybe it's like I said, depending on what we do, but in round three, um Ingram or Hayes, the guards from LSU and from Oklahoma, one of those guys, I, I would would love to see him in a Cowboys uniform. I like this it. kid cool. Isaiah. Have you? What do you guys think about Isaiah Thomas from Oklahoma, the DN? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. Give me yours, and then I'll give you my take if you want. No, I just, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there are a lot of guys that I think that could end up being, uh, uh you know, really. Uh, uh, you talk about the diamond in the rough. There are mm. some diamond in the rough picks that, and I think he's one of them. You know, and I think he, if he lands with the right team, the right scheme, when you talk about a player that may not have shown that he is a, a good run defender uh, standing up or his hand in the ground. I just think there's some players that could, you know, fit a, a scheme that may speak to what their strengths are. And he's, he's just one of those kids. Yeah. So do you think that, that that could be a guy then you think they could target day three? That would be like a day three dream for Yes. Them. Yeah. And, and the same for Kohler, the tight end. I think he's he yeah. may, you may be able to get him in the fourth and fifth round. He may not even be a third. I just I just want to make sure that I say that tight end is a position that we need to be focusing on. If anything, I think if you're fixing your offensive line and, and we're saying how important it is to fix the offensive line, the way that we scheme our tight end. It's going to yeah. be very important because we couldn't scheme Schultz good enough. Teams were, were able to identify what we were doing when Schultz was in the it was in the game, and and you know, God forbid, if he's in there on on a running play, you know, the guy his matchup was the one that you had to circle because defensive coordinators are like, you have got to win this matchup because he can't block. <laughs> you know, yeah, because I, I do like Isaiah Thomas. Like he's just a guy that just needs to get in the gym and put some weight on, basically. When you look at it, um, I know one guy that can be a bit of, and we'll let Paul talk on this one, is would this be a nightmare draft scenario for you in round three, Paul? <laughs> uh, uh, his first name begins with Sam. I knew, uh, you know what, I was actually going to say that. Uh, that's this is the guy I was actually about to mention. But that would be your, that would be your nightmare round no, three. Round three, no. It would be, I'll be okay. okay. I'll be okay with it. Like my nightmare would be if Sam Williams was drafted in the second round. That would okay. be a nightmare. Okay. Third round, I'll be okay with that. Like, I mean, yeah, in, like statistically, he has great stats. But when you do watch the film, there is quite a few things that it does concern me a little bit. He still like comes up high up in his stance. High quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So stuff that. It's stuff like that that can be would definitely be worked around, but I just and the off-field that... stuff as well. You tie, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if if God if God forbid if we were to get him in the second round, I'd be quite annoyed, especially if there's <laughs> other defensive ends available. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying like, or even a, a linebacker like Brian Asamoah, Kingsley, oh, and it'd be up from South Carolina, like those type of guys. Like if those guys are there, me decide to kind of over overstretch and we would could have got this guy in the flood. That's what I would be kind of more annoyed about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, okay, I'm with you. And going into day three, then um, in terms of uh, draft dream scenarios for myself, I'm thinking running back. Uh, I'm thinking a kicker. With one of our and the fourth round, no day three, no day three, oh, day three. Yeah, oh, day, right. not round three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking 
Running oh, we're back. Kicker. We're going to kick her yeah. in the third round, Paul. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. We're, taking a leaf, we're taking a leaf out of Tampa's book. No, um... <laughs> Someone's got Janikowski back up retirement. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would I would be happy for a kicker with one of the compensatory picks. Running back, so it's it secures you for the future in what happens there. And really, after that, you know, if they, they're filling the roster out on defensive line, pass rushers, wide receivers in the, in day three, you can't go and miss it. And as Hagma said, there's some tight ends, in the, especially in the fourth round, because, like, the sweet spot for tight end for me is the third and the fourth round. Um, so, like, if you hit one of those guys, pff, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, but let's ask the guys, what would be your day? I know you briefly touched on your day three. Um, you, know, think, scenarios. you know, I just feel like at that point you're going. For me, it's always best player available Traits. when you get into to those mm -hmm. uh, scenarios. Yeah. I mean, you want to get the talent that's in there, but you want to go trust your guys, the, the scouts and the evaluators uh, that yeah. have the grades on those guys. And you can actually, yeah. you know, look, you can get a Dak Prescott in the fourth round. You can you, exactly. you can find you can find those diamonds in the rough. We've been known to do that. Um, and so, you know, I, I wonder. You talk about running back. I, I think uh, Hardy, the, the the kid that we had yes, that made the yes, team last season, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people forget about him and him having an opportunity to mature uh, as a pro athlete, uh, his impact on that offense as well. So he may be a guy that you have to keep uh, you know, in your memory bank when you're thinking about draft night because you may have a guy already on your team, uh, as I spoke about. One of the problems that I have with the NFL right now, and, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm so – uh, I, that's why I'm applauding guys like Debo Samuels for finding their value and saying, look, man, I, I yeah, know what yeah. my value is, but you find now that the NFL is starting to say, well, the running back position isn't as valuable as it used to be. And I don't agree with that. I don't agree yeah. uh, with those sentiments because I believe that you still have to control the line of scrimmage. And yeah. there is a running back in this draft, Brees Hall, who I just mentioned from Iowa State. He is the best running back in the draft and they have a second round grade on Brees Hall. I'm telling this guy, he is a he is a day one running back. He, yeah, but he's not the best. Look, if you look at his tape and you look <laughs> at the way that this kid, if you look at the way that this kid runs, he is he is he has NFL body running style written yeah. all over him. I know that you got some flashy guys that are 212 pounds that can go out and play receiver as well. No, he is a guy that you put that ball right in his navel on third and one, and he could pick up the yard for you. So, you know, I, I agree uh, with maybe looking that direction. Maybe uh, if you if he's just an un undeniable guy and he upgrades your, your roster. But I'm still trying to load up on offensive linemen. I'm still yeah. looking yeah. at defensive linemen. Uh, there's mm -hmm. one McNeil from Texas A&M. I think he's a big body as well. Um, I think Watt, he, the guy that you're talking about that's fallen. Uh, you know, I don't know if he makes it to, to that. But if he's fallen and he falls there, then I want to get anything that comes from Georgia. I don't give a damn who it is. I want to get anybody <laughs> that's from the University of Georgia. Uh, even the offensive guard, they have a guard from Georgia that I think is really is really good as well. So, you know, anything that I can get from Georgia, uh, defensive, offensive line, uh, linebacker, I'm, I'm good with, fellas. Yeah. And, and the only other one I want to add, and I'll stick away – uh, and let the rest of why don't you like Brees Hall? I don't understand what your evaluation on Brees Hall. I, is. I, I, just, I know I love Brees Hall, I like him. He's just not the number he, for me, the best running back in this. And I know it's Homer ish because I'm an Aggies fan, Isaiah Spiller. 
just because he's got he's got better contact balance. And I just think when you get to the pros, contact balance accounts for a lot more. Man, that's a real argument right there. Like that's a that's like that's like go to the telestrator and prove your point kind of deal right there. Because you, yeah. I agree, I, I, I'm with you on that. But no, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about both of these guys, and Spiller is that he's that dude too, you know. But I just yeah, I, I don't know. And I look I at pass know. blocking as well. Pass blocking is an underestimated part uh, of the running backs. Um, uh, like their tool bag that you come into. And no, Isaiah I Spear and, and Brees Hall are very, very close in terms of what they do there. You know, the, in terms of like, because people talk about Ken Falker, but Ken Falker is not going to do much pass blocking for you at all. Yeah. But in terms of a as a runner, Kenneth Walker's better. But for me, Brees Hall and uh, Isaiah Spiller are very, very close together. But I just got Spiller better because of his contact balance. All right, I go argue with you, man. All right. <laughs> hey, you'll argue about it off here, man. All right. yep. <laughs> so, all right then, guys, you give me your three, um, you three, give me your day three uh, dream draft scenarios, and then we'll uh, we'll kick this uh, to the to the curb so Hackman can get off. I'll just, I'll just throw four names out there really quickly. We don't need to discuss them. Wazariki at the defensive end. I, I like him. Yeah. Jelani Woods, the tight end. Um, Sanborn, the the linebacker from uh, Wisconsin, and I can't remember his name off the top of it now. Now I've said it. The the linebacker from Utah. Uh, so obviously you're not, you're not talking Devin Lloyd because you're no, no, no. Yeah, you, you probably get him in the fifth, sixth round, even a push him again at seventh. Just more for depth. I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Look like a right. Uh, did you say Wisconsin? No, no, that was Sanborn. No, the, but the one in the sixth, seventh round, the, the guy from Utah. Can't remember his name now. Uh, give me a sec. We'll bring linebacker, uh, was it Jimmy? All I'm thinking about is the, the guy that we drafted with the short arms from Utah. What's his yeah. name? <laughs> are you want about, about Sewell? Yeah, Sewell. Sewell, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, that was the guy. <laughs> Look at Lord with his magazine ready to rock. <laughs> I love it. He pulled out the beast. beast. Oh man, you gotta! Hey, this is the one you gotta pull out now. You gonna pull out? I've got it. I've got it on my. I've got it on my. All right, get it on now. If you gonna pull one out, you gotta pull this big boy out. Hey, Hackman, don't you worry. That that there, that was on our social media. We were telling people go out, get a copy. We we always post. Hey, Lauren, don't worry. I got the beast right here too. So. <laughs> I, I, I haven't done what Kelsey Charles has actually done and actually ring bound it. I've just stuck. I've just stuck in a binder, you, you know. know. But she she's <laughs> done the full print out and the the wee tabs as well. And oh, oh man, you, know. you guys, I'm telling y'all, I am. So what I'm doing, and I'm sorry, I'm interrupting here, but I'm I am voicing, I'm voicing all of the draft picks uh, for uh, the draft show, right? So it's 200, I think it's 289 guys in this thing. And I'm doing voice work for all 289 guys. So, (laughs) Hey, I got, I got my, I got my tea on deck, right? (laughs) My tea ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need some throat spray. Yeah. uh, 
No, yeah, man. Yeah. So that's why I don't have mine in the binder because I'm marking these things off as I'm going through it, man. But it's fun, man. This, I'm so excited about the draft, man. I know you guys are as well. So I, give me the, I'm sorry, nightmare and dream scenarios, everybody. For day three, I'm yeah, sorry. Go on. You guys take it away and then we can let Hatman get off. So uh, uh, go on, Paul. You go first. Jimmy, was that linebacker you were talking about, Nefis, uh, Nefis Sewell? Yeah, yeah. Sewell. Yeah, right. Um, I'm actually quite like for the later rounds. I actually quite like the idea of Brandon Smith from Penn State. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Get, get more, get, get, yeah, yeah. get more Penn State linebackers in. That's yeah. what I think. Can't like, have enough. Can't have enough of them. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, he could always go down the road like, of. I don't know. Really, like I haven't really looked too much further beyond that. But as long as we can address offensive line. I mean, Chris Paul, the tackle from uh, Tulsa, I like him. Like, I think he could be something, yep. potentially. Like like, so, but other than that, uh, that's the only two names that really have really properly stood out for me, is those two mm-hmm. in the later rounds. After the analysis, like you said, it's like, just take the best comes available. Yeah, day three is the scouts' day. So, so yeah, since Mike, since yeah. Mike is taking since Mike is taking a kicker with the the third round. I, I, would, be, yeah, I, I would I would I would I would I would do that in the in the fifth round. Put yeah, so look for a name, Cameron Dicker. Cameron yeah. Dicker. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. Brian will be jumping look, for joy with that one. Cameron Dicker. So can you imagine Cameron Dicker in anger as the punter? Mm-hmm. What a so what a season we're gonna have! This is gonna be awesome, guys. Yeah, I can see Jerry right now putting <laughs> the actual cash. It's like like just saying anger Dicker. The good thing about Cameron Dicker as well is he, he, but he also punted for Texas as well, and yeah. he and he was a pretty damn good punter for Texas as well, and that Thank wasn't you. even his main job. Wait, look, let me put it this way. I was watching the senior bowl and watching the practices and they had Cameron Dicker out there. And I know he was kicking off the tee and there's no pressure and all the rest of it. But just to give you an idea, he was kicking 57-yard field goals off that tee like it was nothing. Like it wasn't even close to the crossbar. It was clearing the posts and it was down the middle. And I was just like, ooh, I think I messaged you actually, Jay. And I was like, tell me about Cameron Dicker. <laughs> No, he's legit. Uh, I like him. I mean, he'd be, he'd be, he'd give you the feeling that you got when you selected Dan Bailey. You know, you remember like yeah. everybody's like yeah. Dan. He'd give you, he'd give you that. He kind of gives me that Dan Bailey vibe. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I would love to have. We need a kicker so bad, man. I actually do have one more, and this might be. I don't know if this might be controversial. And we talked about Georgia players. Yes. Like Adam Anderson. Is that someone we could talk about? I see where you're going. It's controversial, but I mean, like, there's a guy that, you know, yeah, there's red flags, but he, he's certainly productive. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to I talk think, too much about the red flags, but, you know, yeah. I think day three, when, when you're talking about day three, these are guys that, Maybe hang on to roster for a year. If they don't produce anything, then you can maybe move on from them. It's looking at padding things out. This this year, because of the COVID situation, 
as Mike McCarthy said, you know, in, normally they're only scouting 150 people or so. This year it's 220 because mm. of all the super super seniors and what have you. You know, there should be a hell of a lot of talent on the board still in the third, in the fourth, fifth, sixth, even the seventh round this year. If you consider those what 260, 262 picks or something like that. Yeah. If you're talking about 220, and then you're always guaranteed that the Raiders will, well, okay, they've got rid of um, their GM. So, but, um, you know, they were always making erratic picks. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have Tampa Bay kick, taking a kicker in the second round. You're always going to get guys that are falling to the, four, the end of day three who mm-hmm. should really be a first or second day so make the most of it as you guys are saying running back i mean you gotta you gotta keep the bottom end of the running back roster churning mm-hmm. um, we don't know what's going to happen with pollard next year you could potentially move on from zeke at the end of the season uh, and with with minim- minimal penalties as well um you know and just kicker's great. I, I mean, I, the LSU guy, York, Dicker, great. Um, and then pad, pad out your linebacker core as well, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, need, you need bodies there too. Um, yeah. But yes, so uh, there's some uh, nightmare and, and dream draft scenarios and some comments coming in on theirs as well for e- each particular round loving the uh some of the ideas people are throwing out there um but that is it for the draft show we've got one more on tuesday where we're doing okay. a seven round mock draft and then it's the big day itself um of course i've spoke to hackma um about i know you're doing work but we're live during all three days of the draft so you get a minute i'll shoot you over the details on how to join us you get a minute pop in say hello again um can't guarantee we'll have jeff heath with us though this time around that's okay (laughs) no it's okay i mean no matter what though it, it look you guys aren't doing the marathon. Y- y- y'all not no. doing the 24-hour. Come on, guys. Y'all said precedence for this, and now you're not going to do it. The 24-hour thing was really kind of dope. Like, that was really – like, that put y'all on a whole other level, man. Y'all look like hell. Y'all look like hell, though. Y'all look like like yeah, I will say this: me and Lauren lost more hair because of that. Hour show. <laughs> what was funny though is that twenty-four hour one is like we were all starting to get a bit flaky, and all of a sudden Hackma comes in, and it just went. All of a sudden, it's like somebody turned on the turbo booster, and we were like, Come "Oh, on. we're back up again. We're Come back on. up again." But I was, I love, I love that, man. You guys, that that was my first experience, man. And you guys doing the twenty four hour thing, so I, I thought it was pretty incredible. But I, hey, and I do. Kenny Gant as well. Yeah, Kenny Gant. I remember you being with Kenny Gant. Yeah, man. So yeah. all that's all that's good stuff, man. We got the draft coming up. Y'all know that obviously up until now, until Thursday, there's going to be a lot of conjecture about what needs to be done and who mm-hmm. needs to be drafted. No matter what, no matter who comes in here. 
we're going to wrap our arms around him. He's going to be a cowboy. We're going to love on him. But, man, we're going to need some guys to play. <laughs> we're going to need a lot of lot of guys to get drafted and come in and play immediately. This is a this is a pressure cooker draft, man. This is the last – you know, I haven't seen a draft like this in a long time where it's like you are, the, you are going to be hanging on every draft pick. I know I am. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. agree. I agree. And uh, so, yes, I mean – you get a chance to come and join us um, the, on the Thursday, the Friday, or the Saturday. Uh, actually, yeah, no, that is right. Yeah, I was, I was getting my hours muddled up then, but don't worry. Um, so yeah, but it was great to speak to you again, Triple H. Yeah, as yeah, I tell yeah. you, I mean, you know, talking to you uh, as much as I do, and I, I, I will let the listeners know I do try and prod him for insider information, but he's got to be careful. He's got to be careful with his words. <laughs> I know nothing. So far, you were the only person in America that has answered their phone to me whilst driving to work. And I was like, wow, this is something different. <laughs> My, look, I keep, look, here's the thing, guys. I'm, I, I will say this a million times. I am not one of these media guys, man. I am a re- look. You call me, I pick up my phone. I'm. <laughs> I, I, I don't look, man. I'm not big. I'm not gonna big time anybody, man. I'm a guy that gets up at four o'clock in the morning and walks with his wife, man. Mm. So you know, you know when yeah. I'm up, you know what I'm doing. And I love the Cowboys just like y'all. I keep telling you, I'm I'm a sucker for a Cowboy conversation. So what where y'all going y'all got something to do i ain't got nothing else to do we'll talk about the cowboys what <laughs> <laughs> no we love it mate but thank you very much for joining us again oh, hopefully good, we get to speak to you next week yeah uh, so uh there is that um we will be back as i say on tuesday so um from myself and these guys we're gonna hit the uh draft advert for our, our show next week and we'll see you all again love you guys take care peace out thanks again Nick, man. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and before we do that, I should do this, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to do the read? Who wants to do the read? Go on, I will. Go um, on, okay, so the uh, the NFL schedule, we've, we've laid out the dates for both the London games and obviously the NFL schedule being released. So that'll be getting in your mind to uh, pick the games that you're going to go and see and if you are going across to see them use cowboysexperience.com the ultimate meet and greets tailgates game day packages they'll work with you use the code UK Cowboys and what do you get free, you get free stuff. stuff chocolate pudding yeah and of course um, there's everybody else that we put up every week that we need we tell you to go and follow because we will only tell you to follow the best um, but guys, I'll let you finish the show off and I, then I'll hit the video. Um, so all on you guys. Catch you guys later. See you next. So see you on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. And then just think this time next week, we'll all be sleeping, getting up and hitting it right through the night till four or five o'clock in the morning. Thanks for joining everybody. doing it again on Friday. Thanks for joining everybody. Have a safe rest of the week. Have a great weekend. Get the sleep in because it's going to be a marathon draft show. (laughs) All right, let's hit it.